I'm just going to read one verse, verse number 7. And uh, in some ways, this message is going to be very pointed tonight, but I, I believe with all my heart it'll still have application, even if it don't necessarily point at you. This is, why am I here? Well, I don't know. I was, I've been listening to, Scott's been going through Genesis on his podcast, and we've been going through Genesis downstairs. And I mean, I was driving up the road one day this morning, and God started speaking my heart, and I just started getting my voice recorder out on my phone and just recording the thoughts because I couldn't write them down. And, and, uh, and, and I, I, I've had this message since I know where I needed to go. I don't know why I'm here, but I know why uh, what I have here is what I believe God's will is. So you pray for us tonight. I want to help you. Uh, I believe that it'll be a help to you. But uh, I, I'm telling you, we've got to be serious about salvation, not only for ourselves, but for the people around us. We need to be serious about salvation. This thing's wrapping up. I mean, it is wrapping up, and, and, and we need to be ready to meet God. That's, a, that's what we need to do. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 7, the Bible says this. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, notice this phrase, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight, and we thank you for just the sweet spirit in this place tonight. Thankful, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. And Lord, I just appreciate you. You're so good to us. And it's a great privilege and a great honor to stand right here, Lord. And I pray you'll help us tonight to effectively communicate the word of God. Lord, give me some unction to preach. And I just pray, Lord, you'll minister to the hearts of the people. Lord, help us to make right responses to the Word of God tonight, we pray. and Lord, we love you and we need you. Help me, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice that phrase in there, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And I want to preach on this thought tonight, preparing to the saving of your house. Uh, Noah if you look at him, we're going to go back to Genesis 6, 7. We'll find some things there. But Noah put a great priority on the saving of his house. This verse tells us this. And I want you to know something. Uh, the ministry in our home is of great importance. Uh, listen, what we do here as a church is wonderful. But I, as I stand behind this desk, God has called me to be a preacher. But can I say something to you? This is not my primary ministry. This is something God's called me to do. But my primary ministry is within the address right down there at Hurricane, within the walls of our home. That's my primary ministry. That comes before preaching. And may I say all the things God has called us to do, the ministry of our home is of great importance. You know what makes a strong church a strong home? Yes. You know why our nation has gotten in the place it's got in? Because the home has got there. The devil has attacked the morality and the structure and the things of the home. No wonder we're in a mess. And I want you to realize tonight that we can see in the life of Noah that we know that it was a great importance, but he made it one. And that's a difference. We must make our homes. You say, well, I don't have kids tonight. Well, if you got grandkids, you got uh, relatives, may I say, this can still make application. And we can almost apply this same emphasis to our church here. In a sense is, hey, God's brought us into this place to hey, save, to get the people around us saved. That's what we're here for. But there's great emphasis placed on the home in the Bible. And there needs to be great effort put into it. 
Now, I want to look at the life of Noah here, and, and, and just, I got a few things, and I don't really think I'm going to preach on I'm not being funny tonight. I'm being serious. I don't think I'm going to have very much tonight, but I pray, just listen, listen to this tonight. I want you to notice why uh, Noah had an impact on his home. We, it's no doubt that Noah had an impact on his home. He had three boys, and, and he had three daughter-in-laws, and I know they were older when, when they got on the ark, but listen to me, they were saved. And you say, well, big deal. Hold on a second. Nobody else was nobody else in the world was now I don't know how many people was on the face of the planet at this time but there was one man that said I want to make sure my kids go to heaven I want to make sure my home goes to heaven. Listen, now I'm going to talk about some different things here tonight, but we have got to uh, put an emphasis on this. But how did Noah, uh, how was he effective? How uh, did he have this desire? What did he do? Well, let me say something to you. Before he got into working in his home, the first thing is that the, the, he had a relationship with the Word of God. Our effectiveness as believers revolves around our relationship with the Word of God. And listen to me, uh, the ministry of the home begins with your personal relationship with the Word of God. Now, now, now we notice that Noah had God's Word. Now, we don't know that he wrote it down. He didn't have Moses pin down the first five books of the Bible. But I don't know if God said something to it. If it was me and God gave me instructions like he did, I'd have wrote them down because I'd have forgot them. But if you read there in Genesis, here's what I do know. In Genesis 6.23 it said, And God said to Noah, he had God's Word. And, 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 and he not only had it, but Hebrews 11 and 7 tells us he believed it. Listen to me, parents. I, 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 mean, well, I know they hear me every week downstairs, and maybe you ain't a parent yet, but let me say something to you. Your faith and walk with God will impact your home. It will. I want you to, to notice a few things about Noah. He viewed life through the eye of faith in God's Word. You say, well, how do I know that? Well, if you look at verse number 7 here in Hebrews, it says, not seen as yet. You know how he lived his life? He lived his life if it was going to start raining right now. He could almost, in a sense, he lived his life as if he was feeling the wetness to a degree. He, he, they, based on the scripture, we don't even know if it had ever even rained before. I don't believe that it had. God had, had made the dew of the ground to water all of the ground. I don't know that they'd ever seen rain before. And we know that the first time you find the word rain is after they're in the ark. But can I say, he lived his life as if it was going to rain today. You say, what do you mean? He's living through the eyes of faith. It wasn't something that wasn't, yeah, it wasn't something that wasn't going to happen. He believed that it was just as real because it is real was the Word of God. That's how living through faith is. Can I say, the, word, the world may think we're silly, but listen to me. This Bible still works. You say, well, what, what about our economy? Hold on a second. We find God's faithful. We find our scriptures and promises. You and I can hold on no matter what they put up against us, no matter what they say, and that's the way Noah was. God said, I'm going to destroy it with rain. I'm going to flood the earth. And we don't know. We have ideas. I, I know that he preached out to other people. He had other ministries. He was a preacher of righteousness, the Bible tells us over in Peter. But I don't know what people thought about it. I figure most people thought he was crazy. And this is just my opinion, but I don't think he lived on a bay or a harbor. I think he lived right up in the middle of, the, of dry ground. 
If it's uh, just, just, just me, you just let me have this for a second, and you can't say I'm wrong. I believe he just lived in a neighborhood, and out back of his house, he was building a big old boat. He was that one neighbor that the HOA wanted to find and get out of there, and he said, hold on a second, I'm getting out soon, don't you worry. I believe that. I believe with all my heart, them ducks and them lions, they were lined up, them bears and them dogs all lined up right in a row, two by two, right down the street, went right into his backyard. You can't tell me it didn't happen any other way. But here's what I know, it did happen, no matter where he was. But he looked at life through the lens of Scripture. Can I say something to you? If we're not careful, we can allow and look our lives through the news media. We, we don't, besides local news, and I preach on this all the time, and I don't know why. I mean, I'm not against staying current up into the world. I try to know what's going around the world. But you get on, it don't matter what one you're on, whether they're conservative, whether they're liberal. None of them's Christian, by the way. But whether they're conservative, whether they're liberal, you know what? They're not telling you the news. They're trying to tell you how to think. They're trying to get you to see the world through that lens. You get on social media, you get on Facebook, listen to me, people will tell you how to see the world. They will tell you how to live. But can I say something to you? If we're going to live by faith, we have to see and live our lives through the lens of the Word of God. We have to see the world through the scriptural view. That's how you see it. By the way, that's how God sees it. What was coming was seen through God's Word. Now, if you look that up in Genesis 6, God said that there'd be about 100, he'd said 120 years. So you can say within a period of 120 years, we don't know exactly how many days that it took to complete the ark, but we know within a 120-year period, it may have been shorter than that, I don't know. But I do know this, is that when Noah got God's word and God told him what he was going to do, that Noah believed the word of God. And listen to me, Noah, this is what Noah did and this is what we need to do. We need to see our family through the eyes of scripture and we'll see the value of their soul. Now I'm going to be real honest with you. It's basketball season. And you know what? When Micah will let me, Dad will practice with him. Now, I got a point here, so stay with me for a second. And baseball season's coming up, and I'm sure we'll call Robert down to the field to help throw us some pitches. But I want to say something to you. I'm just being real, real. Micah, hold your ears, but listen to me. He ain't going to the NBA, and he ain't going to professional baseball. But let me say something to you. Even if he does, even if he does, I don't know where he's going to go, but I know this. He is going to eternity. And I'm talking about there ain't nothing wrong with trying to help your kids get better at some things. But let me say something to you. If you spend your whole life getting them ready for a career and getting them ready for the ball field and getting ready for all these things and you don't get them ready to meet God, you've missed your calling in your home. The ministry of the home. Listen, his whole life. Listen, when Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord for the rest of his life before the ark, he lived for the purpose that his house would be saved. That's what he lived for. We see Noah in the ark, but we see his whole life was revolved around this right here. And we need to remember, I want him to do good in school. I want him to have a good education. 
I'm desiring right things tonight. I'm right on right here. Stay with me. I, I want them to enjoy life. I want to have fun with them. I, I want all these things. But here's what I want above everything else. If they don't, if they do not, one, if they never, if, they, if everything turns out and people would look at them and say, well, your kids are a failure, but they go to heaven. Hold on a second. Listen, the world will look at us and say, well, you're wasting your time on Sunday when you ought to be down here at the, at the Dunbar Park here playing football in 40-degree weather when it's raining. First off, they're crazier than we are. Amen. There's all, I mean, I'm not against, certain, listen to me, stay with me. But if your kids don't make it to heaven, if you don't do all you can to make, now listen, they got to make their own choices. But we're responsible for the influence and opportunities we had to put them in the places to hear the gospel and respond to it. It's, it's an important ministry, and that's how Noah saw his life. He lived his life through God said, I'm going to judge the world. And he said, you can be saved and your family can be saved and anybody else can be saved. And that's how Noah lived for 120 years. Think about that. Can I say something to you? The work in the ministry of the home, and I'm not even down on that point yet, but the work on the ministry of home, it's got to be a patient work. It's got to be something that's going to be daily. You got kids, you know it's a daily thing. But you got to work with them daily. Stay, I, I got I to stay with me. We need to look at our families. I'm, I'm talking about, listen, you have a spouse that's not saved. You need to live your life with their eternity in mind. I'm, I'm right. Stay with me. Listen, there's scriptural, there is scriptural guidance on uh, being married and having a spouse that's unsaved. There's certain ways you can live that can help be a witness and a testimony to the Word of God. And that's the way we got to see. And if we will allow ourselves to live our lives through the lens of Scripture and not see it through the lens of social media, not see it through the lens of the news media, not see it through the lens of whatever else kind of uh, influence you can have, but see what God says, you know what we'll do? We'll begin to make the right priorities. We don't know what they're going to be. There was 22 of them last Sunday morning. We had that good, beautiful testimony. And I bet 22 of them down there probably feels like 66. I mean, mine counts for three, so I know that. But do you realize God's entrusted this church to proclaim and to teach the gospel them kids down there, probably some of them make, ain't write their name, can't say anything, but here's what we know. They're going to go to eternity somewhere. And as parents and as grandparents and as a church, we better see them through the eyes of Scripture. We can have fun and we can enjoy life. I believe God's about that. God, God enjoy, we're going to enjoy heaven. Heaven's going to be wonderful. It's going to be joy. I know we go through things down here, but I believe with all my heart that I believe God gives vacations. Praise God. I believe that. No, just stay with me for a second. I don't want to be so much like here. We're not. I believe God wants us to enjoy life. He gives us things to enjoy. But we need to be sure that we keep our priorities right. 
when they leave my home at some point, I'm sure they'll get married, they'll cleave to their wife or their husband. But as long as they've been under my care and under my, my attention and my responsibility, mine and Courtney's, and by the way, listen to me, it's a man's job to lead the family. Now thank God for women that'll step up when a man won't. But listen to me, you men in here, it's, it's our job to lead the home spiritually. Yeah, we're to provide for it, but we're leaders spiritually, by the way. But when they leave, when they step out of that place, I want them to, Mike is saved, thank God for that. And I'm praying for sis. I'm praying the first time the Holy Ghost gets, gets conviction on her, she just gets born again. That's what my prayer is for her. And, and, and listen, I, I want to do all that I can to further them in their walk with the Lord. That ought to be the goal of every parent. I mean, listen, I, sure, I want him to average 25 points a game. Now, I'm, 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 I'm being serious. I'm just being real with you right now. When we go down to the ball games, listen, I'm like, hey, get back on defense. Shoot it. Yeah, that's us right there. Hey, listen, I'm be voluminous in church, so I'm not ashamed to be voluminous down there at the basketball court. But hold on a second. If you don't, hey, if you shout, hey, if you shout down there at the basketball court and you don't shout it out in church, shame on you. Hey, man. Right there. Yeah, because the Holy Ghost will get on me. I'm being real right now. I want him to, I, I want, I hope, I hope he's successful at it. But listen to me. If it, I, I want him to find God's will and live in it. I don't care if that means turning down $15 billion to go do something else. I want him to find God's will. I'd rather him preach in a small church with a congregation of 15 and be in the will of God than make $15 million a year. Say, preacher, you're weird. Let me say something to you. I found out God is faithful and take care of him. And there's further more rewards that will last there than it will last down here. But the reason that Noah had this ministry in his home was but his relationship with the Bible. So the, so, so the first thing is before the work is getting the word of God in us. Now notice Genesis 6, 9 tells us that Noah walked with God. Now to walk with God, it means living a life in fellowship with and submission to God. That's walking with God. Our fellowship and our submission is centered around God's word. Amos 3.3 tells us, can two walk together except they be agreed? Now here's the, the, wrong, the wrong thought people have about this. Listen to me. Walking with God is not God walking our way, but us walking his. There's a lot of people, oh yeah, me and God's good and living out and say, hold on a second, it don't work that way. We either go to agree where he is or there is no agreement. God don't compromise on truth. And, and everything in our lives revolves around this Bible. You're, now, the, here's the thing I love about this church. And, and listen, you are in a place that promotes, that emphasizes, that desires and wants to help you in the Word of God so that you can minister to your home. I believe that's all my heart. And listen, I mean, I even remember when we was down in the old church, down in the sardine can down there. And I mean, you think, I, 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 listen, I, I've watched you all Think about how many babies we have now. We had a bunch down there that was crying to still, you know, holding around. And the way that you all support young parents. 
I'm, I'm testifying, to, I'm, I'm commending you here for a second. Listen to me. The way that you all support, because you know what we do at times? Our row is loud occasionally. That's why we have other kids in it too, so you can't pinpoint it all on mine. And we're working and we're doing and they're doing better. But I, I want you to grasp this. I've watched so many people come up and just say, I'm so glad to see you here with that baby. Thank God for that. You're in an environment that promotes bringing your kids to church. Keep them up here. Yes, they cry. Yes, they make noise. Yes, they honk the horn and church out on them. They do all kinds of things like that. But you're in a place that desires to see them grow and get saved. And I thank God for a church like that. It's wonderful. You're in a place that promotes the Word of God. Your relationship with the Word of God is going to make every other relationship in your life right. If you're right with God and you're walking with God, it'll help you with your spouse, it'll help you with your kids, it'll help you with your boss, it'll help you with every... There ain't a relationship in your life where your walk with God won't help you in those relationships. And you're in a place that fosters and promotes getting close to the Word of God here. And I, we ought to just say, praise God for that. Thank God for that. So it's got to be about the Word of God. So as parents, grandparents, your personal walk with the Lord is going to have a great impact on those around you. But I want you to notice the work. We're in this society. We want whatever it is, but we want it without the work, right? We want the, we want the Thanksgiving dinner done in the microwave. We don't have to cook and do all the stuff. We want all those things. That, that's a society. The society's ingrained that in our mind. I know. Y'all know. I talk about all the time about getting frustrated about going to Taco Bell and waiting five minutes, all that kind of stuff. And I, I do it a little bit jokingly, but, but, but in ways, the society and the instantaneous things, I mean, that happen in our lives, that kind of makes us have some sort of expectation. Well, it's just going to be like this. Hold on a second. You won't have a Christian home and an environment unless you work at it. Daily. You got to work. Now that's not a cuss word. Amen. You got to work. And Noah worked. I mean, think about this. One, he worked on not allowing what was going on in society to change his focus and direction of his home. Well, you say, what do you mean? Well, Matthew 24, 38, this is Jesus speaking about the days of Noah. And he says, for as in the days of Noah that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah had entered into the ark. You say, well, what's wrong with that? They were just uh, living their lives. Yeah, here's the thing is, they were living their lives without God. They had no thought of God in their lives. They were just going on doing whatever they wanted to do. They weren't thinking about God. Judgment was fixing to fall. And you know what Noah was doing here for 120 years? Every day. Oh, he might have took Sundays off, Saturdays off. I don't know. That was before the Sabbath time, so it could have been Sunday. Every day, he'd go out there and he'd begin to maybe knock on the hammer. Maybe he'd just cut down the tree. Maybe he would just sand off some of the bark. Every day there was a work. Piece by piece, 
bucket of pitch by bucket of pitch. You think about how much that arc, how many five-gallon buckets of pitch that he'd have to go down. To, and he didn't have a local Home Depot or Lowe's, and they probably wouldn't have it anyway to be out of stock. <laughs> I'm talking about laborious work. While, while he's looking out, and, and, and his kids, based on the way I look, they was about 100 years old when, when they got into the ark. But I, don't you think that they probably looked over and said, now, Dad, they're all, they're all out here. Look, at, they're all going over there, and they're, they're, having, they're getting together and having all these times. Come on, son. Day by day. You know what Noah was seeing? Noah was seeing the salvation of his family. And he realized there may be times to get together and have all these things, but he realized, i got to get this together because eternity was in mind. They were living as if God didn't exist, but he was making sure that the Lord was the focus of his home. Listen, don't allow society to shape your home. Let the scriptures do it. It will shape your home. It'll tell you how to dress, what to say, where to go, what to buy. Listen, you put it, they, everything's got an opinion on it, but what matters is what the Word of God says. And they may be doing all these things, but listen, you say, well, it ain't no big deal. Hold on a second. What if, what if all those times we put it off eventually leads to them putting off salvation and dying lost? Every service matters. Every Sunday morning, Sunday school matters. Sunday night matters. Morning worship matters. I know it's hard. We got in here three minutes till. Praise God. We weren't late. We were still early in this church. There's a work there. But there's a work by the parents and the grandparents. Listen to me. There's a work by the parents and the grandparents to, to ensure that they don't let society tell them how to parent and raise their kids. Let the scriptures do it. That's what he did for 120 years. I like this. Tom, you, you, you got on this this morning. I think it's a beautiful picture. But do you know that Noah led his family to the door of salvation? He's talking about that this morning, about them following. Now, I want to make this statement to you. I cannot save my kids. I cannot save my family. But I can do all that I can to bring them as close to the door of salvation as possible. Genesis 7, 7, it said, And Noah went in, and his sons and his wife and his son's wife with him into the ark. In my mind, I see this illustration picture. I see him walking that family, leading them. But they had to still make an individual choice or not. I, 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 I'm going to say it in this next one, but I'll go ahead and say it now. Listen to me. Uh, talking about him leading his family, he provided an example of a believing parent. So did his wife. I'm assuming based off the scriptures. I know she was saved, but I'm assuming this whole time they were together. Now, listen to me. People can be saved when their parents are not. You understand me? Stay with me. And parents can be saved when their kids are not. Leading your family to the door of salvation does not guarantee someone gets saved because it's a personal choice. 
But having someone in the home saved and serving the Lord provides more opportunities to hear the gospel and the witness of the Lord. It is a tremendous influence. Probably millions of people on the face of the planet. But there was one family where a man led his family to the door. Now, they had to choose to get in, but I could see him to a degree. I believe he just walked up in front of him, Tom, and I believe he began to take his step. And I don't know what all the ark looked like, but I believe he walked right on the door. God closed, and I believe as he began to go up, each one of them had to take a step. Now, you know what they could say before they took the next step? They could look back and see for the last hundred years, they saw their dad every single day out here working on this, out here slinging the hammer, coming in dirty for dinner, doing all that he can. And why was he doing all this? He was doing it all for them so that they could be saved I bet they thought about these things these were grown men at the time they made this this decision but I could see them seeing the influence of their dad and, and having the Word of God and knowing the judgment of God was coming and seeing all those things the great influence and them deciding to say I'm on board now listen to me I have no idea. I heard Scott Pauley say this the other morning, and he just was saying this is what people said. They believed that there were some 52 million people on the earth at this time. There was only six children that were saved. Did y'all know that? The three sons of Noah and the three daughter-in-laws of Noah. Don't you tell me your walk with God and your relationship with the Lord can't be an influence. If there was 52 million people, if that was the number, there was one family where they had a Christian influence and those were saved. Think about that. Listen to me. Our kids are going into eternity. Some of them's going into kindergarten, some of them's going into high school, some of them's going into college, but all of them one day are going into eternity. And the only thing that matters when they leave this life, I don't care how much money was in the bank, how much name and clout they had, the only thing that matters is, were they born again? That's what matters. I'm telling you, we need to be an example of faith in the home because it'll help those. The salvation of his home became his primary ministry. We know he was a preacher of righteousness. I believe Noah witnessed to the lost world. I, I, believe, I believe that. As, as we have interactions on a daily basis with other people, I believe he witnessed. I believe he witnessed the gospel. I believe he was ridiculed and made fun of. And the Bible says there that he condemned the world uh, by which he condemned the world. He condemned the world because he believed God. They were wrong because they didn't believe God. But I believe he witnessed to that. But I don't think that was his primary ministry. Now listen, I, I'm for, for preaching. I'm for going out, visiting, knocking on doors. We ought to witness to everybody that we can. Sitting right over there and one downstairs. That's the primary ministry of my life. To lead my wife and my two children 
to ensure, to do all that I can to lead them to the door of the ark. That's all I can do. I'm sure Noah prayed for his kids. But that's all I can do. Another thing about Noah, Noah did not look to others to do the work that God called him to do. God gave Noah the plans. God provided. Every bit of the requirements that God gave them, God would have to provide. Y'all realize that? God, God gave specific things. Go for wood. He talked about uh, using the pitch, all that stuff. Listen, God would have to provide that if he were to use it. Stay with me. But Noah had to do the work. You know what? Noah didn't contract out some of that. Listen to me. Hold on. Y'all, I want y'all, everybody listen to me say amen. amen. It's not the church's job to raise your kids. It, listen, this is a place of help, but the primary responsibility of learning the Word of God is my responsibility and your responsibility as parents. That's good preaching. That's solid Bible preaching. You, this is a place where they foster that, where we try to teach and do all we can, and it's a wonderful place, and we ought to thank God for it again, that God has placed us here. But it's the parents' responsibility. I can't contract out and let someone else raise my kids. That's my job. You know who got the plans back in? Noah got the plans. I believe with all my heart if people wanted to, Tom, wanted to be saved, I believe God would have been fine for them helping. But he entrusted Noah with the plans and the responsibility to build the ark. We've been entrusted I'm talking about we're in a day where life doesn't even matter. Y'all think about that. Where this church stands for it here. Where life is not, I mean, it's just like, well, just, just whatever, just get rid of it, ain't no big deal. But I, I'm talking about these children mattered and Noah had a responsibility to do what was called to him in the home. Now, you may not fulfill your responsibility, but you will not miss the judgment out on that. The work of the church is to aid families in the ministry of their home, but your home is your responsibility. That's, a, that's good preaching right there. Now, this church is conscious and compassionate about home life. There's such a great support for our youth here. Well, just y'all stop for a second and just say, thank God for everybody that works in our youth. Mitch and Heather and Joe and Lonella, and we got Sunday school teachers all scattered all around here, down here, that gives time to our youth, working at church camp and all these ministries. You know what all this is for? So your kids go to heaven and so your kids serve the Lord. It's a, it's a help and an aid to what is supposed to already be going on and entrusted to the parents. I mean... This church has so much support for the growth of our youth. This is a church that welcomes babies right in this thing right here. We're, I mean, thank God for it. I don't want any more babies, but we're welcome anyone to come in here. I'm it's a wonderful thing. I mean, I've watched. I mean, I'll never forget this. And I don't want to embarrass him, but we was down in the old church, and, and Courtney was working, and I had Micah one Sunday by myself. And y'all already know that's scary as all get out. 
And I mean, he vomited all over me. And Jeff Bishop went down and got an knife, and he, he wiped the vomit off of my shirt while I held my son. I'll never forget that, Jeff. That's a picture of the compassionate desire of this church that wants to see kids go to heaven and serve the Lord. I'll never forget that. Noah didn't pass the buck off to someone else. He worked. It's going to be a work. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility, parents. Last this. There must be a great emphasis on staying with the blueprint. Now, he had plans. God said this is exactly how it needed to be. We cannot cut corners. What I mean by that is he couldn't just use wood. Now, y'all know me enough. If I can replace an expensive maple with a cheap oak, I say I save $3 a board foot, praise God, right? God said go for wood. I don't care how much oak was available. Listen to me, I believe this with all my heart. Had he used a different wood, now we know he didn't, but had he done it, he wouldn't have made it. One, this ark is a picture of Christ. We know a thing was going to make it. But he had to use gopher wood. He couldn't just go down and get some other sealant. He had to use pitch. There were certain dimensions that he had to put in there. There were certain things. There were certain rooms. There were things that God had said it had to be this way. Listen to me. We can't cut corners in the ministry of our home. We got to stay with the details. I know it may be easier and it may be cheaper and it may seem like, well, you know what? I got a deal on this oak. You know, Lord, look here. I can go, they got it on 75% off, Lord. I don't even have to cut it. That's how we think. Lee, I, I do. When you do too. Instead of seeing that gopher wood standing up high, knowing the work that was going to be involved. I mean, they didn't have chainsaws. Y'all, I loved, I ain't cut down a tree in a long time. I need to do that. But y'all think about this. I'm talking about, think about the labor and the engineering. Now, God gave him the wisdom. He gave him the plan. He made every, every Noah had every single thing. to. He was thoroughly furnished unto good works. But he had to work. And he couldn't cut corners. And I'm sure if he's like me, he'd probably cut a board short. Instead of trying to patch it together, he knew he had to get another one. Can I say something to you? We've got to stay with the blueprint in our home. Stay with the blueprint raising our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We've got to, there's a blueprint for how to live inside the home. Don't cut corners. I use this as an example, and it's funny, but I buy stuff at the Dollar Tree when it's $1.25 now, inflation get us. But listen to me, sometimes, now, they, got, they used to have, they, they got rid of this, they used to have, you get three, three paint brushes, okay? They're perfect for just a first layer coat of paint on there. Well, all the stuff I look like looks old anyway, so it, it works out great for what I do. But when I'm painting my walls, that $1.25 paintbrush ends up getting stuck in my walls. 
What I'm trying to say is cutting corners don't all at the beginning. It may seem like, well, it's cheaper right now, but I got a bathroom where I used a roller and I did not get the right roller. And you look in there and it looks like it's got fuzzies all over it. <laughs> I've learned, there's, listen to me, I've learned certain things you just don't be cheap on. Listen to me. Don't cut corners in the ministry of your home. Don't cut corners. Don't try to save a little bit. Go with the blueprint. Judy, come on. Details matter in the ministry of our home. She's going to go ahead and place off it. Jerry, you go ahead and come on. I'm, I'm closing on this. I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you because I'm thankful as I look down at the group we have downstairs on Wednesday night for the growth that I see in you all. Different capacities, serving in the church, doing wonderful things. And I, I want to thank, thank God for bringing you kids. I understand how hard it is. I understand the craziness and I understand all those kind of things of getting them here and then their wildest kites. And I mean, shaking hands back here tonight, I'll eventually keep my eyes scanning to see where sis is going to come through here. I'm being serious. I mean, these are, I, I know things that like that, that the devil will say, won't you just bring them in a couple years when they're more calmed down? Instead of missing three years of Sunday school, Miss Ashley and Miss Wanda down there teaching them about Jesus. Instead of putting the truth in their hearts as they, as they go to Miss Brandy's class and as they move on and Jessica and all, all the way up through Mark and Dustin and so many of them. I don't want to miss any of them out. But I want you to realize, you know what the devil wants us to do? With, well, just wait and build it. Listen to me. Judgment was fixing to fall. Judgment was fixing to fall. Noah acted with an urgency to the opportunity. Continue, but I want to challenge you. Continue to be faithful. Continue to bring your kids. I mean, praise God on Sunday morning, you get an hour, Joe and Lonnell will take care of them for you. Give you a break. Amen. And you can come up here and just worship God. But listen to me, I want to challenge you. There's only been one other hour on the earth like the hour we're in right now, as in the days of Noah. And as we see our society, you know what our society's really doing? They're just living their lives without God. That's why Micah can't play football, because they want to play on 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. But we got church. Amen. Amen. We got church. And, 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 and everything's moving to these days of worship. You know why? Because it don't matter to them. The, the day of new beginnings don't matter to the world, Tom. But it matters to us. And you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to navigate decisions that in some ways we feel like. I mean, I hate it, but I mean, listen, I, I hate it. He can't play. I, he wanted to play, and I'd like for him to. But there's just going to be times where it's going to seem like we're missing out. It's going to seem like we're the ones that, well, we don't get to do this because of Jesus. Hold on a second. <laughs> See, that's how the devil tries to point that to you like you're missing out. Hold on a second. This is way better than any football field. 
It's way better than any baseball diamond. It's way better than any fishing hole or anything else. I'm talking about being in the house of God and the presence of God with God's people. Tell me something better than that except heaven. See, but the devil paints it as this we're losing. Listen to me. You're not losing. You're not losing being here. You're providing an opportunity. You know what some people are known as? Some people are known for what they were. I, 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 Michael Jordan was known as the greatest basketball player of all time. What do you, when people say that name, listen, I got, I'm going somewhere with this, but stay there. The greatest basketball player of all time, that's what he's known for. But do you know that he came to a place in his life he could no longer play? All these things in life that, that these kids are being pushed to, they're going to come to a point they're going to end. But their soul is not. It's going to go on to eternity exists forever. So all the things that they could be and all these things they, they, that, that they could be pushed to be, and, and, and we're in a, in a, I mean, listen, we're in such an atmosphere of, of, of winning and all this kind of stuff that we're in that, that pressures our mind. Well, I want to encourage all y'all. When you look at your babies tonight, look at them through the lens of Scripture. They're going to go to eternity somewhere. Whether or not they played any sports, made any baskets, had a big successful career as far as the world looked at, I, they may not have any of those things, but they are going into eternity. And it's our job to do everything we can to lead them to the door of salvation.